Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to come into the presence of the King of Kings, of the Lord of Lords, of the Maker of the universe. I come into the presence of my Savior this morning. I come into the presence of the one who redeemed me to himself. And I have come to give you glory. I have come to give you praise. I have come to declare, Lord, that you are a good God. I have come to declare, Lord, that you are a loving God, that you are kind. Your goodness endures forever and ever. So this morning, Lord, I magnify you. This morning, Lord, I lift up your name and praise you because you are good. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you just for who you are. Thank you, Lord God, for the wonderful things, Lord, the wonderful blessings, Lord, in our lives. As we wake up this morning, we thank you for the breath of life. We thank you, Lord, for the breath in our nostrils. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you for so many blessings. The blessing of the day, of the sun rising this morning, proof that you are a faithful God. Father, we say thank you. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor in the precious name of Jesus. Once again, Father, we are here in your presence. We have come to listen. We have come to hear you. Father, we are asking this morning you will speak to us. Lord, give us our wisdom in your word. Help us to increase in learning. But let your name alone be glorified. Father, I am asking for discretion for someone. For someone, give them understanding. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Father, thank you. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone this morning to Devotion. I am Murphy Eyenike sharing this time with you. We have been going through the book of Job and I tell you, it has been quite interesting. Yes, so many lessons to learn. Job's three friends, like I have said again and again, represent our perspective, you know, our perspectives. Most people's perspective when things, evil especially, <clears throat> is happening to someone. Yesterday we stopped on chapter 20 and we were listening to Zophar who was trying to say, tell Job that look, get rid of the sins in your life. Yes, get rid of the sins in your life. And Job was telling him, I will be justified because my Redeemer lives. Yes, his Redeemer is alive. Our Redeemer is our life. He's alive today and he justifies us even in the presence of God. So even in the Old Testament, Job was saying, my Redeemer lives. And I'm telling you, your Redeemer lives and you will not be condemned in the mighty name of Jesus. Today we take four more chapters, 21 through, uh, through to 24. Um, in chapter 21, we will see uh, Job's response. Yes, Job's response to Zophar. Mm, I say again, Job's 
simple mistake here is that you know of course with time as his friends are talking job is feeling that look god is unfair how can these people be so wicked you know and god leaves them the way they have so george literally will be charging god with unfairness not condemning god it's not cursing god it's not it's not condemning god it's just saying lord you are unfair and i think a lot of us think like that right you look at the world and you think the world is not fair some people don't need to work hard and then they make so much some people are born into rich families and you look at them and wish oh i wish i was like them and so you could just be thinking that god is unfair to have you know <laughs> made i'm born into this particular family hmm, maybe you're thinking like that yes that was what job was thinking why are the wicked so prosperous so we will see that in 21 chapter 22 we will see eliphaz speak for a third time and remember eliphaz own own accusation was that job must have done something wicked thing does not just happen to you know happen to good people there must be a sin in job's life there must be wickedness in job's life actually here he will tell job to his face that you're a wicked person so repent and god will forgive you uh-huh. yes but i'm telling you i'm quite sad and then of course in the next chapter we will see job's response you know to to eliphaz accusation all right get your bibles let's read this one together i don't know about you you i hope you do realize we are moving swiftly through the book of job in a few days we should be through here and then start at the book of psalms all right get your bibles let's read together job 21 says then job spoke again remember in response to to zophar who was trying to tell him that look there must be something okay job you must have committed a sin just 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 ask god for forgiveness then job spoke again verse one listen closely to what i am saying that's one consolation you can give me okay so one of the consolation at least you can give people grieving is to listen sometimes you don't even need to say anything so job is saying that instead of you guys just ranting why not just listen to me that's the one consolation you can give me bear with me and let me speak after i have spoken you may resume mocking me my complaint is with god not with people i have i have good reason to be so impatient in other words I don't really understand why Job's friends were like this. Even though Job was talking about, look, why does it seem as if the wicked, you know, tend to prosper? It wasn't that Job was really saying his friends were wicked, right? You know, but in Job's case, you know, his friends were telling him to his face that you are wicked or that you are a sinner, okay? That's why this must be happening to you. You know, but Job is saying, look, my fight is not with you guys. My complaints and my charge is to god so why are you guys trying to defend him and i'm telling you there are many people who like defending god today hey i'm telling you god is more than enough to defend himself so you don't need to try to fight for him you will make a big mistake the same mistake that bill that zophar and eliphaz are making here he says my complaint is with god not with people i have good reason to be so impatient look at me and be stunned just look at me now you will know why i'm complaining he says put your hand over your mouth uh, your mouth in shock when i think about what i am saying i shudder my body trembles why do the wicked prosper hmm 
growing old and powerful. And I'm telling you, when you look at our world, it sometimes it seems like that, that the wicked seems to prosper and, you know, they just tend to be the ones to be and to be in power. Job says in 8, they live to see their, ch- their children grow up and settle down and they enjoy their grandchildren. Their homes are safe from every fear and God does not punish them. So I say again, Job's, you know, one big mistake here. And I guess the way, because of the way his friends are talking to him, was that Job was beginning to charge God with unf- of being of unfairness, that God was being unfair. How could all these bad things happen to someone like him? And then the wicked are there. And it's as if he's the only one in town and all the evil in the world just found their way into his house. Job was literally saying that. He says their homes are safe from every fear and God does not punish them. Their bulls never fail to breed. Their cows bear calves and never miscarry. They let their children frisk about like lambs. You know, Job took care of his own children ensured that look they were always you know at least covered before god you see their little ones skip and dance they sing with tambourines and up they celebrate to the sound of the flute they spend their days in prosperity then go down to the grave in peace and yet they say to god go away we want no part of you and your ways who is the almighty and why should we obey him what good will it do will will it do do us to pray they think their prosperity is of their own doing but i will have nothing to do to do with that kind of thinking yet uh, the light of the wicked never seems to be extinguished Uh, do they ever have trouble Hmm. does god distribute sorrows to them in anger yeah (laughs) job i know you are making a mistake again this is from a heart that is grieving and i think you'll find this i think it was it in the book of james that says god allows the sun to come both on the just and the and the unjust he allows rain to come on everybody equally god does not see judgment righteousness you know unrighteousness sometimes the way we see it and the way we measure it he says uh, does god distribute sorrow to them in anger are they driven before the wind like straw are they carried away by the storm like shaft not at all yes job answers his own question well you say at least god will punish their children but i say he should punish the ones who sin so that they understand his judgment let them see their destruction with their own eyes and let them drink deeply of the anger of the almighty for they will not care what happens to their family after they are dead but who can teach a lesson a lesson to god since he judges even the most powerful he said one person dies in prosperity completely comfortable and secure the picture of good health vigorous and fit another dies in bitter poverty never having tasted the good the good life but both are buried in the same dust both eaten by the, the, the same maggots look i know what you are thinking i know the schemes you plot against me you will tell me of rich and wicked people whose houses have vanished because of their sins but ask those who have been around and they will tell you the truth evil people are spared in times of calamity and are allowed to escape disaster so i'm telling you to an extent i agree with job it's just that charging that against god aha uh-huh, might can be a bit unfair 
So like I said, God does not judge righteousness. You know, uh, the way we see, uh, we see righteousness. Sometimes God gives people the opportunity, you know, in a, in a sense, the long rope for them to be able to repent of their sins. Okay, not because he's trying to be unfair, you know, you know, to the righteous person. He's just giving the unrighteous person the opportunity, you know, to be able to come to him. He says no one criticizes them openly or pays them back for what they have done. 30, that's 31. 32 says when they are carried to the grave and honor God keeps watch at their tombs. <laughs> A great funeral procession goes to the cemetery. Many pay their respect as the body is laid to rest and the earth gives sweet uh, repose. How can your empty click uh, comfort me? All your explanations are lies, okay? And I'm telling you, Job is just bitter because he feels that look, ah, uh, 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 the wicked people don't get, they don't, they don't get this much, this much, you know, uh, punishment, right? You know, so why should I be the one suffering, suffering this way? So yes, Eliphaz will respond to Job, Job chapter 22, next chapter. It says, then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, can a person do anything to help God? Can even a wise person be, be helpful to him? Is it any advantage to the Almighty if you are righteous? Would it be any gain to him if you were if you were perfect? Is it because you are so pious that he accuses you and brings judgment against you? No, it is because of your wickedness. There's no limit to your sins. Did you see that? So it's just Eliphaz is speaking plainly now. You know, initially he was saying like there must be something in your life that you must have done something wrong job uh, these things like this such bad things don't happen to good people so he's saying eliphaz is saying plainly now no it's because of your wickedness uh, there's no limit uh, to your sins and you know one of the things i would want us you know to take away from here i know that there are questions in people's heart that why does it seem that the wicked are not punished yes will conclude there but let's read continue to read eliphaz's word you know in verse 6 he says for example you must have lent money uh, to your friend he says for example and then you must have in other words he's just assuming okay not that he knows that job lends money to people you know and then demands demands something in security he says for example you must have lent money to your friend and demanded clothing as security yes you stripped him uh, to the bone you must have refused water for the thirsty and food for the hungry. You probably think the land belongs to the powerful and only the privileged have a right to it. You must have sent widows away empty-handed and crushed uh, the hopes of orphans. That is why you are surrounded by traps and tremble from sudden fear. That is why you cannot see in the darkness and waves of water cover you. In other words, Eliphaz is saying, yes, these things that, you, that is happening to you are the seeds that you have sown. Yes, you are only reaping what you sowed. But Eliphaz is making a big mistake. Yes, these things sometimes happen to even the best of us. And I'm telling you, when we conclude the book of Job, we will read, we'll read David's own response you know, to grief and growing through sorrow. And you will see that it will be very, very different. David gives us uh, the correct perspective to going through a time of trouble and a time of grief like this. David's own response will be, ah, no, I would rather turn to you, O God, and I will praise you. Let's continue. 
you know, verse 12 says, God is so great, higher than the heavens. So you see the way Eliphaz will go to one extreme end of just saying rubbish, if I will use that word. And then it will go to the other extreme end of them praising God. He says, God is so great, higher than the heavens, higher than the farthest stars. But you reply, that's why God can't see what I am doing. How can he judge through the thick darkness? For thick clouds as well around about him, and he cannot see us. He is way up there, walking in the vault of, of, of heaven. Will you continue on the old path where evil people have walked? And they were snatched away in the prime of life. The foundation of their lives are washed away. For they said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet he was the one who filled their homes with good things. So I will have nothing to do uh, to do with that kind of thinking. The righteous will be happy to see the wicked destroyed, and the innocent will laugh in in contempt. In other words, they are talking about themselves oh, that they are the one that is that are, that are righteous, and they are the one that are innocent. It says the innocent will laugh in contempt. They will say, "See how our enemies have been destroyed. The last of them have been consumed in the." fire and i'm telling you these guys were in, indeed wonderful friends so <laughs> they were indeed wonderful friends but i'm telling you this is not the kind of friends god should give any god should give anybody he says they will they will say see how our enemies have been destroyed verse 20 the last of them have been consumed in the fire 21 submit to god and you will have peace in other words he is just telling him Mm? or God Job, just submit to God. Submit to God and you will have peace. Then things will go well for you. And in a sense, maybe yes, correct, but in the context in which he is using it, he is wrong. He says, listen to his instruction and store them in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. So clean up your life. Yes, Job does not need to return to the Almighty. Job was never away from the Almighty. And that was the mistake Job was making. Okay, God was the one vouching for him, standing for him, saying that, look, have you seen my, my servant Job? This was just a test, test from the devil. Okay, so Eliphaz saying that he should return to, return to God and then he will be restored was, was the wrong thing. So he says, so clean up your life. This might apply, okay, to someone else, but this does not apply to Job. He says, if you give up your lust for money and throw your precious good into the river, the Almighty himself will be your treasure. He will be your precious silver. Did you hear that? He's saying, uh-huh. you see, they were just jealous of Job because Job was a rich person, okay? They were jealous of him. They said, look, give away your money. <laughs> give up your lust for money. Throw it into the river and then God will become, as if they were doing that don't mind these people 26 says then you will take delight in the almighty and look up to god you will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows to him you will succeed in whatever you choose to do and light will shine on the road ahead of you if people are in trouble and you say help them god will say we save them even sinners uh, will be rescued they will be uh, rescued because your hands are pure so eliphaz is 
claim, you know, that yes, your righteousness, you know, is the reason why God answers your prayers. But I'm telling you, it doesn't work like that. Like that. The Bible says that all of our righteousness are like, are like filthy rags before him, okay? So it is not because of our own righteousness or our own boats or our own good deeds that God answers our prayers. If you want your prayers to be answered, though, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he says the Father will do it, okay? That is the secret to answered prayers. Not standing in your own righteousness or good deeds, but asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Alright, so let's continue. Chapter 23, of course, Job, Job is brimming. <laughs> Job is bubbling up, so Job will respond. Chapter 23, then Job spoke again. My complaint today is still a bitter one, and I try hard not to groan aloud. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court. I would lay, I would lay out my case and present my argument. So yes, Job already said there is no mediator. Okay, in the Old Testament there was no mediator. We have a mediator that is standing in the court of God even right now. Right now, as we are sharing this, this devotion is right there in the presence of the Father, arguing our case for us. Job said, I will lay out my case and present my argument. He said, then I would listen to his reply and understand what he says to me. Really, all Job is asking for is help me to understand why all of this is happening to me. Simple. That was what he was asking for. Six, would he use his great power to argue with me? No, he would give me a fair hearing. Honest people can reason with him. So I would be forever acquitted by my by my judge. I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But I'm telling you, you do not need to look far. If you want to see God, just look at Jesus. Remember what Jesus told Thomas. Thomas said, Jesus, show us the Father. Jesus said, Ah, Thomas, have I been with you so long and you still, you still don't understand? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you want to see, okay, I'm telling you, you want to see blessings from God, you want to see glory from God, just look at Jesus. Look to Christ and I'm telling you, you will be full, you will be filled and that will be you in the mighty name of Jesus. Job says, I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I am going and he tests me. I will come out as pure. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his word more than daily food. But once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. In a sense, that is correct. But Job, in this context, it does not apply. So big mistake. And that's why you will see that Elihu's words were the most appropriate words. Yes, we will find that later. You know, in the latter part, I think that's in chapter 31 or 32, where Elihu, the bullseye, will say, look, there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of God gives him understanding. Job, if you had just asked God, okay, you will understand why some of these things is happening to you. If you would just, you know, go to him, not charging God as if you had a right. If you would just go to him and 
seeking to understand, you would see that God would have then opened up things to you uh, through, his, through his spirit. Okay, so just a simple mistake that Job was making. Simple mistake. Job said, whatever he does, he wants to do, he does. 14, so he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. Yes, you are correct, Job. God controls our destiny. But he does not play gamble with us or play with our lives. The Bible says we are treasures in his hands. Okay? Very important that we remember that. It says, no wonder I am so terrified in his presence. When I think of it, terror grips me. God has made me sick at heart. And the Almighty has terrified me. Darkness is all around me. Thick, impenetrable darkness is everywhere. And I'm telling you, Job is just describing his experience. If you are going, if you are going through what Job is going through, I'm telling you, your words will be no different. All right, let's conclude this one today, chapter 24. Um, Job continues to speak. He says, why doesn't the Almighty bring the wicked to judgment? And I'm telling you, this is where Job is just saying, look, why does it seem that the wicked person is never punished? Hmm? God, why why me? Why me? Why does it seem that the wicked person will continue to prosper? He says, why doesn't the Almighty bring the wicked to judgment? Why must the godly wait for him in vain? Evil people still learn by moving the boundary markers. They steal livestock and put them in their own pastures. They take the orphan's donkey and demand the widow's ox as security for a loan. The poor are pushed off the path. The needy must hide together for safety. Like wild donkeys in the wilderness, the poor must spend all their time looking for food, searching even in the desert for food for their children. They harvest a feed they do not own, and they glean in the vineyard of the wicked. All night, they lie naked in the cold, without clothing or covering. They are soaked by mountain showers, and they huddled against the rocks for want of a home. The wicked snatch a widow's child from her breast, taking the baby as security for a loan. The poor must go about naked without any clothing. They harvest food for others while they themselves are starving. They press out olive oil without being allowed to taste it. They tread in the wine press as they suffer from thirst. The groans of the dying rise from the city and the wounded cry for help. Yet God ignores their mourning. Ah! Job, big mistake. Okay? So I'm sure Job is just looking at the world and he's saying the world is unfair. How many of us agree? Yes, I know there are a lot of people listening this morning who will say, Pastor, I agree with Job. The world is unfair. Some people just have too much. And that's why you see the liberals tend to think that, look, let us equalize everything. Uh-huh. Let everybody in society <laughs> society be equal. Okay, one person should not have so much money, billions and billions of naira, And then somebody else is living in penury. Hmm. 13 says, wicked people rebel against the lights. They refuse to acknowledge its ways or stay in its path. The murderer rises in, in, in the early dawn to kill the poor and needy. At night, he is a thief. The adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, No one will see me then. He hides his face so no one will know him. Thieves break into houses at night and sleep in the, sleep in the daytime. They are not acquainted with the light. The black night is their morning. They ally themselves with the terrors of the darkness, but they disappear like foam down a river. Everything they own is cursed. 
and they are afraid to enter their own vineyards. The grave uh, consumes sinners just as drought and heat consumes snow. Their own mothers will forget them. Maggots will find them sweet to eat. Maggots will find everybody sweet to eat. Since no one will remember them, wicked people are broken like a tree in the storm. They cheat the woman who has no son to help her. They refuse to help the needy widow. God in his power drags away the rich. Uh, they may rise high, uh, but but they have no assurance of life. They may be allowed to live in security, but God is always watching them. And though they are great now, in a moment they will be gone like all others, are cut off like heads of grain. Can anyone claim otherwise? Who can prove me wrong? <laughs> Alright, so that is where we will stop today. Job is saying, who can prove me wrong? That the things that I'm saying this morning, that the things I'm saying that look, the wicked seems to tend to always prosper. Somebody should come and prove me wrong. Um, and that's where we will stop this, this morning. Why does God allow the wicked to continue to prosper? Why does God allow the wicked to continue to go unpunished? Okay, you see people who just continue in their wickedness and they seem fine. Remember, the Bible says, okay, God is not like men. He does not repent. He does not recount his ways. So usually God will give people the opportunity to be able to turn turn to him. In our own eyes, it looks like unfairness, okay? But I'm telling you that there's a path God has planned for each one of us. My advice this morning is that you run your path. Enjoy your race with God. Enjoy your walk of faith. Like I tell some people, enjoy your own walk of faith with God. Okay? And the Bible says that the jaws shall live by faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So just take everything that is happening to you today as your own walk of faith with Him. Okay? And enjoy this walk. And leave the path of, of the wicked person. Leave them on their own path. And trust God that God in his divine providence, in his divine mercies, okay, will be able to bring them to him. I'm telling you, God does not want anybody to perish. Even the most wicked person. Yes, you call them the most wicked person. But God sees all of us, okay? God wants them to come back to him. And that is where I want us to stop today. I want us to just praise God that Father, thank you for the path that you have set for me in life. Help me to cherish my walk with you. Father, I love you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the grace of knowing you. Thank you for everything and every challenge in my life. Thank you for every blessing. Father, help me to live before you. Help me to appreciate the goodness in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, for everyone turning to you today, I ask for glory. I ask for a new season in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I declare you will prosper. I declare that you will flourish again. In the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.